Um, I, I said, if you've got the, you know, I, I said, if you can read Gideon, uh, the story of Gideon and Judges 6, 7, and 8, I don't know if you've had the chance to do that. Uh, it's interesting to read the full story of what happened to Gideon, and, and then you get the context of the things that I'm sharing uh, on a Sunday, because it would take a long time to read through 6, 7, and 8, and you would probably fall asleep by the time I got to the end of it. Um, but it's worth uh, just remembering the context of the events that we're reading about surrounding Gideon. There's a very real sense of a people who have lost their way. And I'm not saying that we have, by the way. Um, but they're God's people. And the last verse in the book of Judges, for me, sums it up this time that these people are living in. It says, in Judges 21:25, in those days, Israel had no king. Everyone did as he saw fit. And you know what happens when each of us do as we see fit? We become a law unto ourselves. If we interpret the things uh, for ourselves, maybe even the things that God is saying into the church, then we make them a law for ourselves. Rather than having a corporate understanding of what God is saying into the life of this church and us acting upon that. One of the things that we started yesterday was the Prayer Outside the Walls initiative. Why did we start a Prayer Outside the Walls initiative? I believe 100% because God asked us to do it. God asked us to do it. We need to begin to pray in a way that we've not prayed before for this community. And it needs all of us. Thank you for sharing that, Ian. It highlights the fact that it needs all of us. And I mentioned uh, just a few moments ago in the announcements about dates that we have set aside to begin to pray for our community. You might not be able to stand in some high place and pray, but let me say, the places that have that God showed me, this is where you need to pray, and the high places over this area, they're not difficult to get to. One is in Blackridge. It's next to an old triangulation point. You can park your car close to the road and you can walk to the triangulation point. It's a bit uneven, but it's not a, it's not a long walk. Up in Bathgate, there's a trig point as you head up towards Cairn Papal. That's another place where we're going to pray and pray over this community. And if that's difficult and a challenge, then you can come to our house and pray because you get a vantage point from our house to pray over this area. And I believe that God has asked us to pray. Every single one of us. And we now have a second option because it's not only the Saturdays at noon. The dates are in uh, the little prayer thing that was given out, I think, last week. All the information's in there. I, I can't make you put those dates in your diary. I can't make you decide to get involved and be part of what God is doing. I can't do that. I cannot do that. I don't have that power. I don't have that control over you. And I don't want to have that control over you. But I encourage you to get behind this initiative and to invest in it. Because God wants us to do this. It's a significant thing that we do. And it's spiritual warfare. That's why I was encouraging us to come together yesterday at 12 o'clock in here just to spend some time getting before God and getting ourselves right before God. 
because spiritual warfare has a cost. There's a cost to us. To be a leader in any capacity, there is a cost. To take on the ministry that God wants to give you, there will be a cost. And you need to be prepared to pay the price for leadership, for ministry. Why is this important? Because as I look at our society, I see a society that is becoming a law for itself. We have increasingly abandoned God's laws and we've replaced them with our own, our own wisdom, our own ideas, our own cultural norms. And our society is getting further and further and further away from the truth. I said last week that we are in the world, but we're not of the world. We belong to a different kingdom, the kingdom of God, which is why we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Can I encourage us to pray that prayer every single day? And we look forward to a day where we will be able to say, as it says in Revelation 11:15, the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our God and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. As I look at our society, I do not see the kingdom of God reigning in our society. I see the kingdom of darkness reigning in our society. I see people uh, in circumstances that they should never find themselves in. Because the kingdom of this world is taking precedence over the kingdom of God. The church needs to stand up and begin to declare and pray in the kingdom of God. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in this area, in this town of Whitburn, as it is in heaven. In this district of West Lothian, as it is in heaven. And Gideon asks this question, his first if that we talked about last week. If the Lord is with us, why has all this happened? If the Lord is with us, where are the wonders? If the Lord is with us, where are the miracles? I too was thinking about this question. I thought about this question many years ago. Gideon came to the conclusion that God had abandoned them. But that wasn't the case. God allowed them to experience things that would cause them to come to a place where they would cry out to God once again, come and save us. Save us. When Jesus came into Jerusalem and they waved the palm branches, they were shouting Hosanna. The word Hosanna means save we pray, come and save us. And there was a thought that last week for me was brought up to the surface. I've been thinking about this for a while, and it was brought to the surface. And last week when I was away at conference, it was clarified, and it was this. And you need to hear what I'm saying and understand what I'm saying here, because it could be misconstrued particularly in the light of our circumstances in recent years. But if you want to see the signs and wonders of God, if you want to see the miracles, then you need to go. 
as a church, you need to go. Can I tell you something? In my heart, I have already made that decision to go. I made that decision to go as a teenager in a Baptist church at the end of a message that a missionary gave. And we sang that old song, Here I am, wholly available. As for me, I will serve the Lord. Standing there, I didn't have my hands lifted up because I was in a Baptist church that didn't do that. (laughs) But in my heart, my hands were lifted up. I'm saying, here I am. Wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to do, whoever you want me to go to, I will go. I will do it. I've already made that commitment to go. I make that commitment regularly to go. And believe me, as a leader, there are times where you don't want to go. I totally get it. There are times where you want to give up. There are times where it all just gets a bit too much. And for me, being at conference, I heard the voice of God say over and over and over and over again, confirming things that he's been speaking to me in my spirit, confirming things that we've been sharing as leaders, and even confirming things that I've been sharing into the life of the church. You know, I kind of thought I was going a bit crazy. I thought I was going a bit cuckoo. I'm thinking, is it just me? Is, it, is this just me? Is this just me making things up? God spoke. When I went to conference, we went as a family many years ago. And it was as I was contemplating coming into this church, as at that point in time, Andrew's assistant pastor. And I pretty much felt that that's what God wanted to me, me, me to be doing, but there was a resistance in my heart. There was a resistance. But I had to say, if this is what you want, then I'll do it, but you need to confirm it. I need a word to stand on. We arrived at conference on the Monday down in North Wales. We were there as a family. I'm praying like mad. Lord, speak to me, speak to me, speak to me. Give me a word. And the word never came. Tuesday, Lord, speak to me, speak to me, speak to me. I need a word. And the word never came. Wednesday, speak to me, speak to me, speak to me. And the word never came. And I get up on Thursday. I'm like, this is it. This is the last day. If God doesn't speak to me today, then I'm not going to go. And I'll know that it's not the right thing. I got to the very last service on Thursday. Lord, speak to me, please. Because I think this is the right thing. But I just need a word to stand on. And Paul Weaver, who was then the leader of AOG at the time, got up and he began to speak. And as he spoke, he said, as I was praying today, bing, ears went up. He's been praying today about what he's going to say tonight. As I was praying today, I felt God say that the young uh, men and women in this service tonight, that's when I was young, <laughs> who will lead in a different way. One of my objections was, I can't be a leader. I spoke about this last week, the objections that we have when the call of God comes, I can't do it like these guys do it. And God said to me, in that instant, in that moment, you don't need to do it like the other people do it because you will do it as I instruct you. You will do it as I have created you to be. And when God comes and when God calls us, he doesn't ask us to be somebody else. He asks us to be the best us that we can be. When his spirit comes into us, we become the best we that we can be. And we begin to go, not in our own strength, 
I know that it says here, go in the strength you have. God said to Gideon, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Can I say that there's a call of God upon every single person in this room today to go? Go where? Is God calling you to lead a church? Maybe not. Is God calling you to be a leader in your family where there are people who don't know Jesus? Most certainly. Is God calling you to be a leader in your workplace where people don't know Jesus? 100%. Is God calling you to be a leader in your street and in your community? 100%. God has put a call on the life of every person who is hearing these words today and who loves Jesus to make a difference. If you want to see the signs and wonders of God, if you want to see the miracles, then you need to go. Listen to Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And this came back, I was thinking about this, and it came back to me during the week. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Why? And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Why did they receive power? Why did they see signs and wonders? Why were there miracles? Because the church was being established, and they were going and declaring the gospel of our Lord. You need to hear what I'm saying here this morning. I want to see miracles. I want to see miracles of healing because I love people and I care for people. And I want to see bodies healed. I want to see miracles because I love people and I care for people. And I want to see minds healed, emotions healed, chains broken and people set free from the baggage that they carry through life, from the words that have been spoken over them, the things that have been done to them. And our society is lost and they need to be found. I felt God say so strongly that we need to go. And it's a message for everyone who claims to follow Jesus. Go where? Where do I go? You go into all the world. It said here, Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria. Well, Whitburn is our Jerusalem. And we need to start there, folks. If you live outside of Whitburn, you might not understand what goes on in this little community and even the surrounding kind of villages that connect into Whitburn. You might not understand it, but this is where God has planted this church. And Tim, you had an interesting prayer uh, yesterday around this. This is where God has planted us as a church planted us as a church, and this is our Jerusalem, and we need to win our Jerusalem first. But there's a Judea, and there's a Samaria. There is more that God wants to do through this church than just whip on. I believe that 100%. Go where? Go into all the world. Go into your family, your street, your workplace. What does it look like? It looks like the first person that you meet today who does not know Jesus. Take a long look at that person. I am challenged by this word, by, by the way. I am challenged by this. The first person I see today who doesn't know Jesus, 
I'm going to look into that person's face and ask them, ask myself, and ask God, is there something that I can say to this person? We need to go. God's not going to fill us with the Spirit for us to just have a happy, clappy time. See, when I say I'm a Pentecostal minister, the amount of people that say, oh, you the happy clappies. I really don't like that phrase. I like to be happy and clappy. And more happy and clappy is good. But that's not what it's about. It's about the power of God living inside of us that can't be contained and it's expressed through song, through dance, through being happy and clappy, perhaps. But God's done something within us and we can't share, we can't not share that with others. But we need His power to come and do that. As you look into that person's face, in that moment, you will realize that you have gone into the world. You have met somebody who doesn't know Jesus. You have met somebody who might be praying at this very point in time that God would come and speak to them and give them a sign that he's real. Give them a sign. I'm struggling with whatever it is. Give me a sign. Come and speak into my circumstances. And we're the people who have the answer. And God is calling us to go and to share this message with people. Go with what? Go with the gospel. And we need to proclaim it. We need to speak it out. We need to tell others. We need to talk about it. We're really good at talking. We are really, really good at talking about all sorts of things. But we need to begin to talk about Jesus. We need to begin to talk about what he has done for us. Do you know, nobody can argue with your story. Nobody can argue with your testimony. Nobody can argue with the things that God has done in your life. Nobody can argue with it. They might say, ah, but God didn't create the world. You know, we've got science. That explains all that. So let's get that one out of the way. Actually, there's a lot more to that argument than meets the eye. Let me ask a challenging question, and I ask myself this question. This week, this week, who have we gone to? Who have we shared the gospel with this week? And who have we prayed for this week that doesn't know Jesus? That's a challenging question. And that is a challenging question for the person asking the question as well. Who have we spoken to this week? Kathleen talked about the extra seats that we need, those seats will not be filled themselves. Those seats will be filled when the church goes and goes in the power of the Spirit, goes in the strength, goes to be His witnesses. And that's just the introduction. It is. It's just the introduction. This is what I wrote on Friday. It's the quickest sermon I've ever written. And I've not even finished page two. Gideon's second and third if. Let me challenge us, folks. These are serious things. I'm going to put up a slide. Um, hopefully I can scoot forward to this. Not that one. Not that one. Not that one. But this one. Friday the 8th of June. Time to be confirmed by Stephen. Saturday the 9th of June. 12 o'clock noon. We're going to be meeting in three places. One is East Craigs Hill in Blackridge. The second is the trig point 
up on the Bathgate Hills on the way up to Cairnpapal. The third is in our back garden, which isn't even on the map yet, believe it or not. God is calling us to pray over this community. And I'm going to keep speaking about this. God is calling us to pray and to pray blessing over community and to pray into the strongholds that are over our community. You are right here, right now. And on Friday the 29th of June, at a time to be confirmed by Stephen, and on Saturday the 30th of June, at 12 noon, we will be praying in these four areas of Whitburn, and there will be specific things to pray about. And I'll be encouraging us to listen to what the Holy Spirit's saying as we walk in the streets of Whitburn and as we pray. You are the foot soldiers. You are the people who need to get involved in this. And if you want to see God break through, then we need to begin to do these things. We need to walk in obedience to what God is saying. I've maybe not communicated all this stuff very well in the past, but let me tell you, every time... I think about this every time I go to one of these places, every time I walk and pray, God starts speaking to me. God starts saying a new thing to me. And I believe God will want to say that new thing to all of us as we engage, as we get around what God is saying. So I'm going to stop there. Um, We are going to come around communion. I'm going to ask the musicians to come back up. And we might sing that song again. Uh, the one that we sung at the end, the hymn there. But we're going to come and we're just going to remember Jesus this morning. Trevor and Laura and uh, our welcomers are going to help. Maybe you can come up and get the table prepared. I'm just going to read a few verses from Isaiah chapter 53. And it's verse 5. It says that he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. It's all about Jesus. And as we finish this service today, we're going to take communion and remember that it's all about him. It's all about him. All the glory goes to him, all the praise goes to him, all the honor goes to him. And when people get saved and people get transformed, then it will all be his glory. Father, we thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for what you're speaking into our lives, into our hearts. Lord, may our hearts be open to receive what you would say to us today. Father, uh, if there are areas in our hearts that have become hardened and, Father, are like impenetrable um, and, and need to be broken down, Father, we just break them down. We open them up before you. Father, we pray that you would help us to have soft hearts for you, soft hearts for each other and for this world in which we live in. And Father, we pray that you would come and that you would just meet us in this time as we take these symbols which remind us of Jesus. Father, this bread which reminds us of his body which was broken for us, as the wine which reminds us of his blood which was poured out not only for us but for the whole world. Father, we thank you that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Mm -hmm. And Father, we thank you that the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. And Father, we just come to celebrate you, to celebrate him, and invite your Holy Spirit to come and to really fill us as we take these elements, these symbols that remind us. Father, may this not only be a time of remembrance, but a time 
of really looking to you, a time of just coming before you and asking that you would come and that you would fill us and that you would empower us and that you would give us boldness to be those who proclaim the message. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. If you um, just in listening to what has been said today, if you want to respond today and say yes, that you want to go, whatever that means for you, if you want to go, then I invite you to stand as a symbol to, to our God that you are willing to go. 
that you're willing to be part of the thing that he is calling you to do. And I just invite you to stand just now. We're going to pray and pray God's blessing over every single person who's prepared to, uh, to go and to be part of what he is wanting to do. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would just come and that you would breathe upon every individual. Father, every person who is standing in this room today, Father, that you would come and that you would breathe and that you would fill each one with your Spirit. Father, that we might be your witnesses. Father, that we might be filled. And Father, that we might have that expression of the Spirit wherever we go. Father, the people that you will call us to, the situations that you will put us in. Father, we pray that you'd help us to be your ministers today. Father, that you'd help us to take seriously the call that you have put upon our lives. Father, we recognize that when you call us into service, that there's always a cost. Father, we pray that you would help us to remember this day when we feel that the cost is perhaps too high. Father, that you'd remind us that we have stood before you and that we have said that we will go and that we will do what you call us to do, and that we will be who you want us to be, and that we will say what you want us to say. Father, help us in that moment when we are aware of the cost to remember that there is always a cost to following Jesus. Father, we pray that you would begin to unlock, that you would begin to break open those things which need to be broken open, Father, as Lindsay prayed even earlier in our prayer meeting, that that dam would burst. And Father, that there'd be a river of God which flows. Father, a river of God which brings blessing into this community and the surrounding communities. Father, a, a, a river of this new thing which you want to do. Father, we pray that the blind would see. Father, we pray that the lame would walk. Father, we pray that those who need a touch in their body would experience the power of God at work in their lives. Father, that people in this community would be left without any excuse that you are a God who loves them and who cares for them and who wants the best for this community. Father, we pray blessing over this community. We pray that the fields would be green, that businesses would prosper. Father, that the houses would be improved. Father, that living standards would be improved. Father, we pray for our leaders, Father, that they would make good decisions, Father, in a, particularly in a time where uh, money is tight in the council. Father, we pray that there would be real wisdom to know how to spend that and to spend that on behalf of those who need it most. And Father, we pray that you give us wisdom as a church, wisdom as leaders to know how to handle the things that you want to do, those things which you want to pour out. Father, for each of us in all the different things that we do, all the different things that we're involved in, whether it's in church or in other areas, Lord, we pray that you'd bring a release. Father, may there be a releasing of things in this place today. Father, a releasing of the chains that bind. But Father, a releasing of our praise and our worship to you. Father, we pray that you'd receive it as it's meant today, Father, from our hearts and real sincerity. Father, we pray, I pray for Robert and Margaret today, Lord, they're not here today, and Lord, I pray that you'd be to them what they need. Uh, Lord, we ask that your hand would be upon them, and that you'd minister into whatever they're experiencing today, and Father, that you'd speak into that, and Father, that it would be a, a real word of wisdom that comes into that. 
Father, perhaps a word of knowledge that would come into that situation. Lord, whatever they're facing that uh, stops them from being at church because they're always here. And Lord, we just ask that you'd minister to them. Father, for those who can't be here for reasons of health, Lord, we pray that you'd visit them with your presence and with your power. Father, we thank you for what you're doing in our hearts. And Lord, we ask that you'd help us to, to really move on from today and not to forget about the things which you're saying, but Father, to dwell on them, to meditate on them, and to seek you for the wisdom to know how to put them into practice. Let's all stand as we finish our uh, closing song, as we uh, take up our offering, as we just worship our God in this way as well. And Father, we pray that you just receive this offering as unto you, in Jesus' name. Amen.